Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments, and let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who has blessed the hearts of the faithful through the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that through that same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading I want to share with you today is from the Gospel of Luke. Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was greatly perplexed, because some were saying, John has been raised from the dead. Others were saying, Elijah has appeared. Still others, one of the ancient prophets, has arisen. But Herod said, John, I beheaded. Who then is this about whom I hear such things? And he kept trying to see him. This is not the only place in Scripture where this theme appears. Remember when Jesus asks the apostles, who do people say that I am? They bring up the fact that some are saying John the Baptist is back from the dead, or Elijah, or one of the ancient prophets. Friends, if you imagined being there hearing Jesus preach during the years that he walked the earth in human form, what do you imagine that to sound like? How do you imagine feeling when you hear his words? What kind of message would he be conveying? What kind of emotion would be coming forth? What kind of clear thoughts would you have? We all have these these imaginations of what we think it would be like, but we have to be very much aware of how easily those ideas are shaped by a view of Jesus that doesn't take his whole message into account. Yes, he is the Lord who says to the woman caught in adultery, has no one condemned you, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He is the one who allows the sinful woman to anoint his feet with the oil, the perfumed oil, dry them with her hair, and defends her her act of love in doing that. We know the gentle and compassionate Jesus. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This day you will be with me in paradise. Even from the cross, he's not lashing out against his enemies. He's overcoming his enemies. But with that compassion that comes from the heart of God himself, the healing of the multitudes, the the raising of the dead, the curing of the sick. But if he reminded people of one of the ancient prophets, go back and read the prophets. Read all the prophets in the Old Testament. These people were familiar with them all. Not just Isaiah and Jeremiah, but read all the prophets. 
Daniel, Ezekiel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Haggai, all these prophets, these prophets had tough messages. These prophets told people to repent of their sin, and they identified the sin clearly. They talked about God's mercy. You think of Hosea, for example, and the the beautiful prophecies of love, uh, the love of God, the tender love of God. But they spoke judgment, and they spoke division, division between good and evil, between truth and falsehood. And they challenged those in power. They challenged all of us to repent. They would not have come to mind in the, among the people who listened to Jesus if Jesus didn't have that same kind of preaching. He did. And remember, we don't see all of it. Remember how John ends his gospel that all the books, the world wouldn't hold all the books that would have to be written if everything that Jesus did and said were written down. So we have a fraction of what he did and said. Enough for us to have salvation. God has put just enough in the scriptures for us. But there was so much more. And we see his, his uh, tough side. Let's never forget, he reminded people of the ancient prophets. And one of the other characteristics, besides the content of repentance from sin and judgment as a result of sin, they spoke with authority. How many preachers speak with authority? Remember the people who heard Jesus said in the Gospels, he speaks with authority and not like the scribes. He wasn't just quoting other people. He was saying, I am telling you this. And it was a clear message. It wasn't just uh, some kind of vague spiritual ideal. It was a very clear message that impacted people's lives clearly. I have found in my 35, 40 years of preaching that that's what people appreciate. They want to hear the truth, and they want to hear it clearly. And they want it to be something more than they could come up with themselves just sitting and thinking about God or praying in private. They want it to be something more than what they are comfortable with in affirming themselves or having others affirm them. People want to be challenged to become more than they are. They want to be shown the way. What do I have to reject? What do I have to accept? What do I have to do? Jesus Christ's message gives us that. The prophet's message gives us that and gives it to us with authority. We don't preach a maybe. We don't preach a, hey, hey folks, think about this, and if you think it's a good idea, follow it. That's not preaching with authority. Thus says the Lord, the prophets declared. Nowadays, it's like a cardinal sin to think that you have a message from God. People mock us. They mock everything that that we or the, the, the other representatives of the church will say that smacks of the slightest idea that there's somebody that has authority in our lives, somebody that has authority in our nation. And because the prophets spoke with the authority of God, they were able to challenge earthly authority when that earthly authority went wrong. And today it's more like, oh, you know, we don't want to offend those in political power. We don't want to make them feel bad. We don't want to seem to be imposing anything on them. We don't want to seem to be judging them. 
If that was the, the way that Jesus preached, they would not be comparing him to one of the ancient prophets come back from the dead. Let's keep this in mind, brothers and sisters. And it should give us the confidence to speak with authority when we are passing on the Word of God and the Gospel of Christ. With authority. Because that's the only way that people will get the message, pay attention, repent of sin, and embrace the Christ who has come to save us all. Let's turn to Him again in prayer. Father, we, uh, we do turn to you and to your Son, Jesus Christ. We come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. We go to the cross and under the shadow of that cross and under his shed blood, we, we rejoice in the forgiveness of our sins. Father, we are yours. We accept the salvation again today and the truth. We accept the truth of Jesus which reflects what the ancient prophets taught and how they taught. We welcome the authority, the clarity of truth, the message of repentance, and the promise of judgment. And we ask, Lord, for the gift of mercy that the prophets and your Son so eloquently exposed for us. The gift of mercy, which is infinite. Let that cover us again. Let it forgive all our sins. Let it change us into people who are holy. Let it guide our steps and let it console us in our sorrows and enable us to carry out your mission. We pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends, for uh, connecting with us, not only for these broadcasts about which I invite you to share the word, but also for all our other activities, so much that the Priest for Life team is doing across the country and around the world. Stay connected with us, endabortion.us, our main website. And consider sending us a gift at prolifegift.org so that we can enjoy your support for this work, including financially. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Each time a child is killed, many other people are wounded, and they may not even realize it. Mom and dad, grandparents, siblings, and friends all get hurt. Some of them grieve a life they helped to kill. Others grieve a life they tried to save but could not. Every abortion also hurts the abortionists themselves, who are dehumanized in the process. And abortion hurts the pro-life advocates who tried to stop it. They too must grieve the child who was killed. The wound of abortion is multifaceted, and therefore, so is the healing. The Silent No More Awareness Campaign has launched a new project to raise awareness about the many dimensions of the damage abortion does. Called Healing the Shockwaves of Abortion, this effort focuses each month on a different group of people who are wounded and need healing. Let's all promote this great symphony of healing. Visit abortionshockwaves.com for more information. 
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.